Hi and welcome to the Parent Guides GCSE podcast episode number 19. We will be talking to Viv Quick about a difficult but important conversation to have with your team, the subject being sex and pornography. This was originally broadcast as a live StreamYard event. Hello everybody, right, well this is the first in our series of difficult but important conversations to have with your child and we're talking today with Viv Quick uh, about sex and pornography. So let's, uh, oh, let's do that. Hi Viv, Hello. thank you so much for being here. That's all um, right. So um, people watching, if you've got any questions, you are very welcome to pop them in the comments and we'll see what we can come up with in terms of answers as we go, but otherwise we're just going to make it up as we go along like we normally do you know how we work how we work so Viv do you want to just start maybe by telling us a little bit about how you got involved in all of this stuff and and how you know so much <laughs> um I have been kind of working for the NHS I suppose for an awful long time and um, I used to be an A&E sister in London and kind of got really involved with the traumas of young people, even though that was many, many years ago. I then lived for a while in, um, in a therapeutic community. Again, kind of, um, and that was when my own children were growing up. And again, I've always been um, working with young people. I've been a youth worker, a youth leader, a school nurse. Um, and I think that um, sex and relationships has always been an important factor. And I think that um, I come from, you know, a, a Christian background and in lots of ways, I got lots of kind of bad press because of, you know, I was so keen to make sure that young people were well educated. I'm still, you know, I still have a strong faith, but I still believe in living in the real world and that um, understanding the traumas that some parents go through kind of living with their teenagers as well as some of the traumas that young people face you know it's such a huge subject so even though um i'm getting on a bit now <laughs> i still feel i still feel as though i've got an affinity with um, the young people that i still see fabulous well the reason that i wanted to talk about this topic is because it's so, so emotive. It's so awkward. I, I, I know for me, I'm very British and therefore we don't like to talk about these things. So we have 18 year old boys and we have an 11 year old daughter and she, we've been watching Friends with her recently and you don't realize until you watch with your child, just how many references are there are to pornography in Friends yeah. quite yeah. regularly, jokes and silliness. And there are there are some conversations some questions she'll ask where i'm i'm completely happy just to matter of fact give her an answer done and dusted paul will normally leave the room dying of like cringiness <laughs> at that point uh, and how old I, did you I, say she was how, how old 11. is she 11. she's 11. okay did so did you know that the average age of first view in pornography is now 11 and a half oh, that's a terrifying statistic Goodness. I know. And 75% of parents are totally unaware. They're in denial that their, their child, particularly parents of girls, do not believe that their daughter could watch pornography. Yeesh. Well, it's, it's something that I know there, there are certain things that she asks where I just can't quite either because I'm giggling too much 
or because they just can't figure out a way to explain something because it's quite specific, uh, uh, like a sexual yeah. act, for example. And I'm, yeah. I can't, I don't even know how. And But it's such an important thing to talk about. I, I was raised in a Christian household and we didn't particularly talk about this stuff. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I used to get a magazine and it had position of the fortnight in. So they were sketched, yes. you know, yes. drawings, nothing explicit, but, um, you know, designed around kind of a healthy sexual relationship, I think, yeah. looking back as an adult. But um, that once discovered by my parents was immediately banned from the house. Yeah. I was 18 oh. at the time. But, Gosh, um, yes, I know. I Well, I advised, I was part of the independent, uh, independent advisory group to the cabinet office on teenage pregnancy for five years. And they did lots of research around closed attitudes of parents to their children. And it was that closed attitude that um, almost encouraged um, young people to experiment with sex, have their kind of first sexual experience six months maybe before their peers, that where they had parents that they could talk about it. More likely to get pregnant because they couldn't talk about getting contraception. So, you know, it's a huge thing. Parents have such a big responsibility and it is difficult to talk the car, when you're driving somewhere, is the best place because you've got, you know, you're focused on the road, but you can have those conversations. Yeah, the lack yeah. of eye contact, I think, probably helps there. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Noted. Um, so I think from the point of view of, of parents watching and, and guys chime in with, with questions here, what's the best way to start the conversation? I'm thinking specifically pornography at this point because it's not really just, you know, randomly around the dinner table or as you're setting off to school. So let's talk pornography. It seems a little bit awkward. How do we, how do you get that into the conversation so that you can talk to them about it? Any tips? Well, I think that um, if there's something like you just talked about friends on, on you know, the, it's worth kind of almost, not exactly pausing it, but making note in your mind about some of the things that you've watched and then, talk about it over the round the meal table you know so that so that you know your husband or partner is involved as well so you know um and and just kind of actually i think it's really important that young people know that the things that they see maybe the, the pornographic images that they've seen is not real life um and, you know and we've got so many health implications coming out of that you know so um, just the sh just shaving, you know, kind of making sure that you haven't got any hair anymore. All of those things is kind of picked up often from porn, you know, because um, girls wanting um, nicer boobs, boys wanting the bigger penis. You know, it often comes because they've seen something on, on, on porn. So it's really important to talk about those. Um, yes, pick pick things up from from watching from watching the telly i always used to when i i taught for a while i always used to um get the the, the kids in my group to to keep um a soap diary so that the things that went on in the soap so it would be a different soap for a different kids you know but overall there were so many issues that would come up when I mean, you only have to think about kind of eastenders or something like that there's enormous amount of topics that you can kind of delve into yeah and I suppose it's more important than ever that we we bring this up and we we kind of have it out in the open because um, even when I was 
young the only way I would have had access to pornography would be uh, via a magazine or if somebody had a video or a DVD or something along those lines. It wasn't, you know, in yeah. my hand. And that's, which was a bad choice of phrase there. I'll take that back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with, with kids now, I mean, our 11-year-old has a, a, an iPad and she uses that mostly for playing silly games. But yeah. it's also a place where she could theoretically find that kind of stuff if she wanted to yeah and absolutely there's been quite a bit on the television recently i think last night there was something on about um you know what goes on in the internet how how young people are groomed on the internet there is quite a good i don't know whether you've heard of culture reframed it's no. um it's i don't know whether it came from the states to start with but bristol university of, no, the University of the West of England have picked it up and they produce resources for parents of teens, particularly around pornography. Um, so I can give you the, the link later if you like, but it, it talks about um, what you what, what is helpful. So regular communication, um, these things like pornography doesn't represent real sex. And porn can trigger a, a range of feelings, curiosity, confusion, disgust, arousal and, and guilt. And I understand from reading something that um, young people who are perhaps concerned about their sexuality, who have watched heterosexual sex on porn, realise that's not them. You know, there there is kind of certain things that, because our sex education in schools has not been brilliant, um, I think that um, that's why often young people will delve into porn to see how do I do it? Yeah. So is there a, I mean, we can't rely on schools to do this and we shouldn't rely on schools to do this. We're, we're parents. We, uh, we need to do the tough stuff too. And yeah. is there a good way to get across that discussion about healthy sexual relationships without it being super weird, because you don't want to discuss your own sex life with the kids, because that well, no, is trauma waiting to happen. So, And um, actually, young people do not want to know either about teachers' sex life, sex life <laughs> more importantly, their parents. So, you know, they've only done it once or twice, you know, when, when the child comes along. So it is... Um, it is important and all families are different. So some some families will walk around naked, you know, kind of um, some families will, you know, bathe with their children till, you know, kind of quite a long time. And, and those conversations, I think, are really important right from the word go, you know. So, um, you know, kind of using like, um, um, have you got a willy? You know, right from the word go, you know, where I know kind of those conversations were certainly didn't happen to me when I was growing up. And it was always, I always presumed that my parents were embarrassed. So therefore, because I thought they were embarrassed, I wouldn't talk about it. So I think it is important that we get over that embarrassment and talk about kind of, you know, what's, what, what and what's normal. Trouble is, what is normal because normal is different for everybody isn't it so um but i think the most important thing is to have that openness so that you know if there's something that's going on where they don't understand you know that they can ask 
I mean, this is a slightly funny kind of story, but a friend of mine um, picked up her daughter who was eight from school and she was a very good reader and she'd been put up with the year sixes for a reading session. And so she says to her, said to her mum on the way home, am I a virgin? So, so her mum flippantly said, oh, hope so. So then the little girl said, oh, I must be frigid then. And it was the conversation that had gone on around the table with the year six boys that she was sitting with. But my friend said actually gave her quite a good opportunity. Again, they were in the car, gave her quite a good opportunity to talk about sex, you know, a little bit about, um, you know, and kind of the negative things, you know, that, um, you know, sex is something that is really important and it's something that, you know, you should enjoy. Because that's the other thing is all yeah. to do with pleasure. You know, something that schools, and, and I can understand, you know, why, something that, um, you know, it's so important that, that boys actually know how to um, pleasure a girl, make, make her feel good. Because I think the negative thing about porn that boys watch is it sometimes it's very violent. There's no pleasure involved for for either people really. Yeah, and and things like I mean I know certainly in, in my fifteen years of teaching I didn't particularly do anything to do with sex and relationships, um, but as far as I'm aware, and when I was at school as well, it's masturbation is not something that's ever discussed, <laughs> which, oh, well, it's, I mean, we've, we've got quite a good kind of, I have to say where, where I am, we've developed quite good over the years, good um, sex and relationships programs for both primary and secondary. And apart from one of the faith schools, we talk about masturbation quite you know how important it is and not only for boys you know it's important that girls know that they can um, masturbate and pleasure themselves as well so but again um it's a lot to ask of a teacher to be able to talk about that and that's why i think kind of school nurses in our area have been really successful at um going into primary schools and talking about those things having the question box and we always, we've always encouraged um, children to go back and talk to their their parents. You know, we often ask them, how many of you can talk to your mum and dad? You know, and it's, you know, there's always a little handful that can, you know, and, you know, so so it is happening somewhere. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. It's, um, I think, I think it's just the, the reason behind the whole series of difficult but important conversations is, there are some topics that you just feel really awkward talking about and oh yes yeah but if you don't talk to them about masturbation I mean yeah let's face it they're all gonna do it at some point and then because we're not talking about it they're associating guilt with it absolutely and that's not a healthy thing for them to be doing I so, mean uh, yeah boys aged you know 10 and 11 where they're starting to have spontaneous erections you know if they touch it then it's going to feel you know that they they want to kind of know that it's a feeling it's okay to have that feeling rather than you know kind of it being sinful or whatever yeah just so long as you don't then leave the crusty socks on your floor afterwards for mum to pick up right 
Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it wherever you like, in the classroom. Or <laughs> you joke, but all teachers have seen this. Yes, I know. Point. Oh, dear. So in terms of having the conversations, I, I remember reading uh, somewhere, probably something on Facebook, let's face it, um, some using the correct words. So not being afraid to say vulva and labia and penis and things with your kids because, uh, and the reasoning that they gave was that it made them more likely to talk to you if there was an issue, if they were in any way sexually abused, assaulted, anything, heaven forbid, they're not afraid to use the actual words, which means they're more likely to, to report it, to talk to you. The more, I guess, you talk to them about this stuff, the more likely they are to know whether something bad is happening and to be able to then stop it hopefully so yeah yes I think that's very true and I think that some of our um primary schools I think there was a primary school in South Gloucester that I mean this was a few years ago now where the headmistress got into real deep trouble because um parents had complained that they were using with reception class they were using anatomically correct names for body parts and you know she made the point she said you know I don't call my nose or my ears something different I don't call them a foo-foo or no so why should yes so why should I call my vagina a foo-foo and I, I think you know there is a lot of sense in calling them the correct names but I think it's also it's okay for little ones to, to talk about a willy you know I think as long as they know both names at that 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 kind of early age, and there's some very good, um, some very good programs for from the NSPCC, um, particularly about keeping little ones safe online. There's one called um, "I Saw Your Willy." Um, it's worth go, you know, it's on YouTube. It's worth looking at that, and that is something that you know that often primary schools are using um, because you know online. Um, safety is important but also yes as you say grooming um, and all those sad things that we don't really want to to think is out there but it but it is you know so and you know and I guess particularly during this lockdown period it, it must be difficult for some children yeah and the other thing that I, I wanted to talk about and that, that leads nicely in is sexting because with kids generally having access to a device and yes. particularly in lockdown where they're all communicating via messaging and, and what have you, I think you it's whether they understand the potential seriousness, the consequences of their actions if they are getting involved in that kind of stuff. Because it's not something that I have ever particularly even thought about i've never done internet dating thank goodness and so i've never had random men asking me for pictures so it's not really something i've had to contend with but they do quite regularly i think from from what i gather certainly I think this, yeah this program this program that was on um yesterday i don't know if it was on the news or not was all to do with kind of how it, the conversation kept progressing um where it was somebody older trying to get a young person to take a picture of themselves and you know we've had issues in kind of different school situations you know we had um a scenario where it was a lunch break during the school grounds a, a, a girl was given a boy a blowjob 
with the friend taking a picture and then sending it round viral you know and you know that was such a distractive thing because they you know you can't take it back you know so the teacher saw it everything happened you know i'm just going to turn my phone off <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> I'm so it's, it's, it's normally my cat walking through when I'm on a, a live stream. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. um, and the poor girl in the end was totally traumatized. But I think what um, the it was a good teaching point, and I've used that scenario in in kind of sex education lessons. You know, getting different groups in the class to say what impact it would have had on the girl the boy the parents the teacher and that's quite a good you know learning tool as well but horrendous the girl never came back to school you know she became school phobic um, and that's you know and that isn't just you know a one-off and of course there is you know the revenge porn you know where they've shown pictures of themselves they break up and then one partner decides to you know send this picture around you know so sexting is a big thing and i think the worrying thing is that young people don't see it as a problem until it goes wrong yes um it, it's you know and it is it, it is illegal you can be prosecuted you know so yeah, it's um, indecent images of children isn't it yeah yeah but whether that's yeah. of you or whether that's of the, on the phone of the person you've sent it to if yeah, you're and of course um Porn legislation is that you're a child up until 18, not, you know, in, in porn. So anybody, any image of somebody under the age of or 18 and under is illegal. Yeah. And then uh, even if they are both over 18 and consenting adults, there's still that real risk. Yeah. That even if it's not revenge porn, even if it's, um, you know, I, I've sent a cheeky picture to my husband and he's stupidly left his phone in his pocket while he's gone to the yeah. toilet at the pub and his mates have gone, oh, it'd be yeah, funny, yeah. Oh, something on Facebook for him. That's on there. That's that's something that I then can't control because no. it's, it's, it's out there. It exists in the world. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. And I think, as you said, they don't, they don't realise until it goes wrong just how wrong it can go so yes, it's important yeah. to, to yeah. kind of have a conversation yeah we do do quite a lot well i mean i don't know in other areas but the new um relationships and sex education guidance does emphasize that this must be taught in lessons in school so that um you know that they re realize the implication i'll say that scenario we use quite a lot you know kind of unpacking kind of the impact that something like that might have you know so yeah it's I can only imagine how traumatic that would be um yes. from all the points of view certainly not something I would want to see as a teacher no my child, I'd be horrified yes yeah either way around if it was my child taking a picture and sending it around I'd be equally horrified and there yes. would be so much trouble um, yes. yeah mm. so I'm just trying to think what else we haven't what we haven't talked about yet. Uh, anybody watching, if you do have any questions, I appreciate this. This is a public um, forum, and you might not want to ask specific questions about your children. That's fine. But if there's anything that we haven't covered that you want us to do, give us a shout. And um, is what have I missed, Viv? 
What have we not talked about yet? Um, sexuality, LGBT. Mm, yeah. Uh, but, you know, kind of that can be difficult for, you know, for a parent um, coming to terms with or being able to talk about it, about it, you know, kind of, you know, it's, a, it's a, again, it's a difficult issue. Um, um, it's, I think it might be, I think things are slightly easier um, these days, but, you know, again, it's that we want, we want our children to feel comfortable being able to talk to us, you know, and so if they've got worries about their sexuality, it'd be much nicer to be able to talk rather than going to look at porn. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the, if you, if you put up with listening to all the, the little things, then they'll come and tell you the big things. Yes. If you yes. shut down the little things, they're not even going to talk to you about the big things. I mean, as, as a child, myself and my best friend, if I'd had any kind of crisis, I'd have gone to her mum and vice versa, <laughs> yes. which worked out quite well. And that's very healthy, isn't it? Yes, yes. I've got, um, well, she, my granddaughter now is 17. No, she's not. She's 16. But when she was, I think she must have been 11, she suddenly decided she wanted to be a boy. So she had long hair. So she cut it all off herself. And um, and she, but my, my daughter and son-in-law, they just kind of went with it. She wanted her room painted blue and, you know, she wore boys' clothes. And um, her brother, who is two years older than her, said, he said, Mum, he said, I think Fizzy wants to be a boy because I've got such a lot of really good friends that I've had since nursery. Fizzy hasn't got so many good girlfriends. I think she wants to be in, in my gang, you know. And, you know, that was, the, that was the key. That was the answer. They just went with it. And now she's, you know... Um, decided that wasn't for her she wasn't you know she she's um quite happy how she is but it was a worrying time you know where do you go with those questions as well how do you how do you I know my daughter kept saying you know how do I talk to her you know but it, it was okay they they got through it but it is a worrying time you know and and um lots of um conflict around though that kind of those issues as well yeah well, I think it's, yes well, I think it's probably a, a topic for our, a whole different episode because it's it's such it's such an emotive subject and it's such a yes. controversial subject because there's so many different points of view and um you know religious beliefs and the culture that you brought it up in yeah. can have such an impact on how you deal with that kind of situation when as and when yeah. it occurs yeah i think it's, uh, it's one of the things that is definitely on the list to see if we can get someone to come and, and talk about it and perhaps even give us a perspective from someone who's been through it either as a, a parent or as a child um, yeah. just so we can get a bit more of a a different kind of viewpoint on it yeah it's um oh, it's, it's a minefield having children a minefield <laughs> i don't warn you I about this Yes, I think the other thing is that overarches a lot of the, the kind of topics that we've broached on is the fact um, young people's mental health, you know, that again is that being able to talk um, and 
we've got um, locally, we've got um, some friends of mine have set up a charity called Boys in Mind and Girls Matter Too. But it all came out of, you know, a, um, some kind of increased rates of suicide amongst young young people. And, you know, there was one incident where a boy had jumped off um, the suspension bridge and his friends afterwards said, we just didn't know that he'd got problems and that they had started, they started talking, talking to teachers, talking to parents, you know, and trying to get something moving in schools that, you know, could help, could, particularly boys at this stage it was, you know, help boys express what they were feeling. And I think that, you know, sexuality, um, I think that not feeling very good about your own self-image, which, uh, you know, kind of, which porn kind of endorses, all of those things, the, the, the mental health impacts very deeply on those things as well. Yeah, it's, it's never been easier to compare yourself with everybody else when everybody's on Instagram with their perfect pictures and, and yes. all it's yeah. it's really easy to think that you must be the only one and I know it's it's always been the case that you you hear all the stories and you hear the people sitting around in the classroom talking about it and you assume you're the only one that is still Absolutely. Yes. where in reality there probably isn't anyone in the classroom who's actually done anything it's just no. bravado and yeah. because it's not seen as cool to to still be yeah. heard which is yeah. sad <laughs> Also sad, um, but I suppose it's then down to having those important conversations with your kids about yeah. when they're ready, and, yeah. and making sure that they're safe when they're ready as well. So, if your parents don't know that you're doing stuff, then finding condoms and getting hold of the appropriate preventative measures is uh, is not as easy. And um, no. I use the example as a maths teacher: condoms are effective ninety-seven times out of a hundred, so three times out of a hundred. <laughs> They don't work, which means <laughs> you've got a problem. The pill is like 997 times out of a thousand, which is much better. But using my law of probability skills, if you combine the two, so you're both being sensible, that makes the chances of something accidentally happening very, 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 very small, which yeah. I, I used to try and weave in where I could in my probability. Uh, yeah. We used to call that double Dutch condoms and pills. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's so obvious. But as a girl, it's much harder to get yourself on the pill without your parents knowing, which means you have to be able to have that conversation with them about whether they're being sensible and whether they're taking them regularly. Because, you know, teenagers yeah. are always the most responsible. And if you don't take them regularly, you've got problems because yeah. they're not as effective. So again, contraception, it's a big conversation to have with your kids even if you really don't want to because you really really hope that it isn't an issue and you really hope that it's it's too early for them to need to know about this stuff it's better to be safe than to be a grandparent absolutely yeah yeah i think um we've set up clinics you know sexual health clinics in schools so that um so young people can get hold of the pill and have or have the injection in schools but that's more of a problem at the moment in lockdown when schools aren't open so we're you know i think the team of nurses that run clinics you know are looking for innovative ways to be able to kind of sort 
things out for, for, for the young people. But it is, it, it's so much easier, so much better to have that conversation with, um, with the young person, with the girl. So um, one of the things that we used to do in our, um, um, <laughs> another, <laughs> you're very popular today. <laughs> It's that was junk, you know, kind of <laughs> telling me that my Amazon Prime needs renewing or something. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> um, having the conversation oh, yes. with girls. I, 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 yes, I, I, um, I made a game once and um, to play in the classroom where it was, it was like a board game. But one of the things we used to do was we'd get, um, we'd get. It was an all girls school, so we'd get girls to role play talking to their mother about going on the pill so we'd have one girl as the mother and one as the as the girl so that was always quite fun as well so and yeah. again it's controversial you know this whole thing about um young people have the right to have confidential treatment um conversations without their parents knowing and again that is a big issue for for parents um you know what about abortion without a parent knowing you? There's all those huge, huge kind of issues that you know parents find really, really difficult. Yeah. Again, it's that it's that kind of you start talking earlier. You know, it's it's easier to to be able to be on board and support your well, yeah, daughter or family. However awkward it's going to be to have that conversation with your child about how they think they might be pregnant. Uh oh, they are pregnant. Can you imagine how much worse it would be to then find out later that they'd gone through the emotional trauma of an abortion without you being there to support them? I can't even. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So uh, I guess the, the mor moral of the story here is uh, short term pain for long term gain. And, <laughs> yes. uh, and our top tip is to have these conversations in the car. So there's no eye contact because eye contact <laughs> is, is not <laughs> ideal when you're having these conversations. But um but yeah i i think i think there's a lot of really useful stuff there thank you so so much thank you. that's your, all right your time and um hopefully that's answered lots of questions and you're all feeling a little bit more confident about having those slightly awkward conversations with your children but you also get just why it's so important to do and uh one of mine is just arriving home now so i might go and have an awkward conversation with him very good <laughs> thank you so, okay. so much that's all right uh, we'll talk okay. to you the rest of you soon okay thanks right. bye thanks.